Psalm chapter 37. I hope the verse is here just on the screen as well. Psalm 37 and verse 4. And once you're there, if you would just for one more minute, I know I've been standing a long time, but if you can, would you stand for the reading of God's word? We'll read it together and then you can take your seat. Psalm 37. Stand, we'll audibly read the word of God together. Psalm 37 and verse 4. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's read it together. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Lord, bless your word tonight. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. I want to uh, just share for a few moments tonight. It's a short message, but I believe it's just in line and in tune with the spirit that's been in the meeting. And the, the word is desire. The word is desire. You know, every person in this room, young, old, male or female, that we all have desires. We all have desires. The, 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 the meaning of the word desires is a strong feeling or wanting to have something, wishing for, for something to happen. I want to say that again. The word desire simply means to have strong feeling or wanting to have something or wishing or longing for something to happen. And in our lives, you know, every single one of us have desires. There's desires in our heart. There's desires in our mind. And so we have desires. But the Bible speaks of two particular types of desire. The one that we read of tonight is delight thyself also in the Lord. And there's the desire of the heart. And then there's also another desire I want to show you. Do you know the story in John chapter 6 that there was a lad that brought five loaves, two fish to the Lord. There was a great multitude. And in that wonderful miracle in John chapter 6, the Lord takes those five loaves, those two fish, and uh, he prays and blesses them. And he uh, multiplies those five loaves and two fish to the feeding of the 5,000. All 5,000 were fed and they were full. Bible tells us that there was 12 baskets over. And so the crowds heard of this man, Jesus, that had uh, prayed and multiplied five loaves and two fish and fed the multitude. And the word begins to spread and they were full and they hear that there's a man that's able to do these wonderful things and bless just a few loaves in the fish and feed the multitudes. And so they came looking for Jesus. They came looking for this man. And in John 6.24, it says, when uh, the people therefore saw that Jesus was not where he was uh, at that time, then he had crossed over into Capernaum. And uh, verse 25 of John 6 says, And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when comest thou hither? And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but you did eat the loaves and were filled. There was a natural desire. They were looking for the natural man to be satisfied. That is the flesh. They were looking to try and satisfy the natural aspect, but they weren't looking for him. And so Jesus said something very profound in John 6 and verse 27. He says, Labor not for the meat which perishes. You have been looking in the place where it only produces death, where it only produces disappointment. 
He says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him God the Father sealed. And he goes on to say then in John 6.33, talks about that bread. You were looking for that natural bread. But then he says to them, I'm the bread of heaven. He says, I am the bread of God which has come down for heaven to give life unto the world. And they were looking for something of the natural. But he was saying, I want to give you something more than what this world can give. I want to give you life and give it more abundantly. Paul talks of this natural desire when he's writing to the church in Ephesians chapter 2. If you want to follow the reading in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And Paul writes these words to the church and says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in your sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the earth, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had all our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And here he talks about is in, in that worldly sense when we were outside of Christ and if we're not saved, that we are constantly trying to fulfill the natural desires. And they never satisfy. They never satisfy the longing of the heart. There's temporal satisfaction, but you know, you go out and you try to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but the end, it's death. There is no satisfaction in the world. There's no satisfaction in the things that the world have to offer us. But yet we try and we look and we seek and we go after all these things that are the fulfilling of the desires of the flesh, but nothing satisfies. And we look everywhere for the answer. We look everywhere to try and find that satisfaction and we never find it. That's a longing heart, but it's looking for something more than the temporal. What can satisfy your life? What is it in the depths of your heart? I'm not talking to your head. I'm not talking to the mind here. I'm talking right into the depths of your heart. What is it that's truly going to satisfy your life? You've tried the things of the world. You've tried the, the vices of the world. You've tried the drink and you've tried the drugs and you've tried the immorality and you've tried all those things. But none of those things satisfy the longing of that life. And in all the searching and all the seeking out after those things, none of those things satisfy. Only Jesus satisfies. And I want to talk just for a few moments. I said I'm not going to be long. But I just feel that this is off the Lord tonight just for a few moments. I want to talk about a woman in the Bible. A real woman. And she was from a city called Sychar. In the Bible, Bible names and Bible towns and the names that are given to them are often significant because they, they, uh, they give us an idea of the context or the meaning of the place. They give us an insight into the place. For example, Bethlehem was the house of bread. We know that Christ was born there, so he is the bread of heaven. So there's always a symbolism or a significance, a literal significance concerning uh, the name. This woman in the Bible, it doesn't tell us much about her life except when she encounters Jesus and Jesus begins to open up her heart because he knows all things. He sees in the heart. 
And he begins to open up the heart of this woman and speak to her. But for her, it was just to get a glimpse of her life. It was just probably another day. Another day of brokenness. Another day of emptiness. Another day of the, the mundane of the duties that she had to do. The things that she must get through in the day. And so we find her a broken life. We know that when Christ met her, that he revealed to her that she had several failed marriages. So she had gone through extreme brokenness, relationship after relationship that each time had torn her heart even apart. And so she was so broken. She was a broken woman on the inside. This was a real life. This is a real woman. This is a real circumstance that she encountered. And now she's living with another man, again trying to find some sort of satisfaction in the things of the world, trying to find some type of peace or some type of normality. But this is a woman that we can look at and know for sure that she's broken, she's damaged. And the word psychar simply means intoxicated. It was likely, it was most likely that she possibly had turn to the vices of the world in order just to get through life. You know, there's so many people that are addicted to things in the world, but it's not because they want to be addicted. It's because they're trying to cope. They're trying to cope with the life that they live and the brokenness of their hearts. And it's just a simple thing for all of us who are saved. There but for the grace of God go I. And this woman is a broken life. She's had several relationships and perhaps we look into that life and into that home, we see the, the emptiness and the, and the reality of what so many do. And maybe you've turned to the things of the world to try to cover up the broken life that you have. You've turned to the vices, you've turned to the drugs, or you've turned to the alcohol, you've turned to relationships to try and patch up the life because you're looking to satisfy something that's in the depth of that heart. The problem with this woman and the problem which so many of us have found is that she's searching in all the wrong places. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 15, that lust when it is conceived, that's a desire, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. And it always led to death. It always led to brokenness. Sin will always lead to brokenness. Our sin, my sin, your sin will always bring us to a place of death and emptiness. And what we see here is a woman that gathers up her water pot and she makes her journey in the noon hour out the door of her house, closes the door behind her, and she begins to head for the well, Jacob's well, to get some water. She has an empty pot. Do you know what's amazing in the Scriptures? That while this woman unbeknown to her, is heading for the well. There was another man heading for the same well. And his name was Jesus. What that shows me, friend, is this. That you may have come through these doors tonight and may come just to push in an hour. You've been asked to come and see another Sunday night through. But what I honestly believe, and that's why I labored on that little chorus, is that there's one that's come tonight to meet with you. There's one that knows all about our troubles. 
There's one that knows all about our pain. There's one that knows all about our trials. There's one that knows all about our sin. There's one that knows all about the emptiness of our life. And yet He comes to meet with us. In John 4 and verse 3, if you want to follow it, it says these words, He left Judea, departed again into Galilee. And it says these words, we know Him well, and He must needs go through Samaria. He must come to this place. Why? Because He knew as the Son of God, He knew that there was a woman that was going to meet Him at that well who was broken and empty and wounded and crushed by the circumstances of her life. But Christ was coming to meet that woman. Can I tell you, there's someone in this room tonight, it may be a woman or a man, but there is someone in this room tonight that needs to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You have tried the things of the world. You've tried to patch up your life as it were. You've tried to turn to the things of the world. But all those things have failed you. But tonight you're in this meeting and it is the truth that Jesus knows all about your troubles. That He knows your heart. That He knows your life. That He knows the brokenness of your life. And yet He has come just like He came for this woman to meet with you tonight. To heal your broken heart. To deliver you from the chains that hold you. And to fill you with His love and with His joy and with His life. It tells us that He cometh to the city of Samaria which is called Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being worried, wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. It's about 12 noon. In the heat of the day, there's a woman making her way up the road with an empty pot. Now, wasn't, not only was it an empty pot, but friends, it was an empty life. The pot represented her life. The emptiness of her life. She was so empty. Nothing could fill the void of that life. She had searched. She had tried. She had relationships. All of those things. But nothing satisfied the longing of her heart. And here she comes. The empty pot represents the empty life. That's all we are. We're empty without Christ. There's nothing that can satisfy our lives. We are empty without Him. John 4 and 7 says, Then... There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. It's so wonderful to know this, that Jesus came to where she was. Jesus came to where she was. You know that song that we sing, He came to me. He came to me. I could not come to where He was, but He came to me. He comes to where we are. He sees us in our brokenness, in our sin, and in our shame, and in our emptiness. And yet He comes because He's wonderful. And it tells us that He came. Here's this woman with a desire to find life. I tell you, friend, the Bible tells us tonight, in John 1 and 4, we touched on it this morning, in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. In John chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said that He's the resurrection and He is the life. In John 14 and 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is life in Christ tonight. There is that deliverance that sets the captive free, that breaks the chains of sin, that fills the empty, the empty life with the purposes and plan of God. What this shows us is that if there's a heart 
in this room, and I believe there is. I believe there is tonight. I believe strongly that there is a heart in this room and the simplicity of this message that there's a woman in this house tonight, that there is a woman in this house tonight and she's come to this meeting and her heart is empty and her life is broken. On the outward, everything might look fine, but in the depths of her heart, it's an empty life. But I want to tell you something. There is a Savior that wants to meet you. There is a God that loves you. There is a God that wants to fill that empty life with His love and with His power. In John and Jeremiah 29 and 13, the Bible says that if you seek Him, you'll find Him when you search for Him with all of your heart. Here she stands before the Lord. And Him knowing all things points to her heart and asks her some very simple questions to bring her to the place of repentance. He opens that life up. He knows all about our sin. He knows all about our brokenness. He knows the things that we're involved in. There is no hiding from the Lord. He knows all about us. He is God. And He sees into the, the depths of our heart. He sees into the secret place even of our lives. In John 4, Jesus simply says to her, Verse 13, Whoso drink of this water shall thirst again. If you continue in the same life of sin and looking into the things and the vices of the world, you're going to keep on searching after those things, but they'll never satisfy your life. They'll never bring the contentment, the peace, the joy, and the hope that only Jesus can bring. Jesus says to her, If you drink, you'll thirst again. But then he says, but whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him, these are great words, shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And so Jesus begins to speak to her. He says, go and call your husband. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. You know, you can't hide from God. You know, you can't hide from God. God knows all about it. He speaks to her not to condemn her, but to bring her to a place of repentance. She says, I have no husband. And the Lord says, that's correct, because you've had five husbands. And him whom you're with is not your husband. And she says, you're right, Lord. You see, we cannot hide from the Lord. We cannot hide our sin from the Lord. The Lord knows all about it, but he's not here to condemn us. He's here to bring us into deliverance and into that place of victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. He revealed to her the condition of her heart. She begins to speak to him and say in John 4, 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came the disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest with her? And then the Bible says, And the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and says to the men, Come, come see a man which told me all things, all things that ever I did. Is this not the Christ? Is this not him? What she left behind was an empty water pot. Friends, tonight you can leave this house 
and leave your water pot behind. You can leave your sin behind. You can leave your empty life behind. You can leave your brokenness behind. You can leave your addiction behind. You can leave your troubles behind. You can leave all of the things of this life behind because you have met this Christ. This woman had an encounter. The reason why it's recorded is because you can have the same encounter with Jesus. You can meet with Him. Your life can be changed by Him through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to stop searching in the places that you'll never find the answer. The person who is the answer is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. A personal encounter with Him. The Lord sees what no man can see. The Lord hears what no man can hear. And in His mercy, He comes to bring that sweet deliverance to a troubled life. There's someone in this meeting I'm coming to a close because I believe that the Lord wants to work in someone's heart tonight. But there's someone in this meeting. There's someone. Could be a man, could be a woman. But there's someone in this meeting tonight. Somebody, somebody has come into this meeting tonight bound with sin, bound with fear, bound with brokenness, bound with trouble, bound with the past and everything of what that has brought and all the disappointment and all the searching around you for the things in this world to satisfy that long and has left you empty and has left you broken. And tonight, friend, you can leave that empty life and walk through these doors tonight after having an encounter with Jesus and you can never and never be the same again. He has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God sees that heart tonight and he's come, he's come to meet with you. Whoever you might be, he's come to meet with you, to heal that broken heart. And I want us to wait a few moments in his presence and allow the Spirit of God to work, to minister into a life in this room. Maybe there's more than one. It's not necessarily a woman, but I believe it is, or a man. And there's a life that's broken. But tonight, you can meet with him. Your life can be transformed by him. And you can leave your empty life behind and know that peace of God when you make it right with the Lord in this meeting. Would you pray with me tonight? Just wait for a few moments on the Lord and ask him to come the touch of life in this room tonight. I believe God's speaking to someone bound, someone troubled, someone in great need, someone needing to meet with the Lord, someone here tonight. I encourage you to have faith in God. I encourage you to not allow the fear of man to hold you back. I encourage you tonight to, to believe God, to step out, because the Lord's here to meet with you. When you're troubled tonight, friend, you can have a meeting with him. He'll set the prisoner free. You're here and you want to meet with him. We're going to pray. We're going to pray with you. We're going to believe God for you. I just want to wait for a few moments. Allow the Spirit of God just to deal with a heart in this room. Feel strongly that there is someone tonight.
needs the Lord, needs a touch of the Lord, needs Him. I'm so thankful that He's here, friend. I assure you that He's here. He won't cast you away. He's here to meet with you. So, Father, tonight in this room, Lord, I, I know that you know every heart and every life. And I thank you for the mercy of God. Thank you for your great mercy. Know, God, tonight it's a truth that we, and so many of us can say, that we have tried all the broken things of this life and it brought us nothing but agony and pain. But Lord, when we tried that living water, we thank you tonight, Lord. Lord, it was the answer to everything. That person called Jesus changed our lives.